It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And this week, we are traveling through ancient China in search of a tender, chewy, big batch dessert. (laughs) That's not something I probably will think about when I plan my dream trip to China someday, but go ahead. <laughs> well, you and I would would be doing research and scientific studies on all of the desserts in any country that we would go to purely for the edification for, of our listeners. For science, yeah. Yeah, for, for, science. for science. And I am excited because this was a investigation into a dessert that I had no experience with at all. None. I can't wait to hear the result and, or taste the result. And you know what's even more exciting was that I filmed every step of the way. Wow. And you can find a video of today's dessert in the making on what the kids call the TikTok. The TikTok. <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. We're hoping to become TikTok famous for the butter mochi kiwi cookie. Whoa, lay it on me. What oh, is it? Oh my gosh, all of those fantastic words. Well, this is a bar cookie. But last week we talked about the Jaffa cakes. Yeah, and I got to tell you this cookie looks a little cake-like as well. Yeah, it's 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 big. It's it's like an inch and a quarter tall and it has a beautiful colorful icing on top of it. I want to tell you guys, I w- you know, maybe there'll be a picture on our Facebook group or on the TikTok. It's gorgeous. It's like a almost a turquoise fading into an aqua all the way to cream. And it was so much fun to make. But this cookie is made with mochiko flour. Is that what mochi is? Well, so mochiko? Have you ever had a mochi? Yeah, I have had the thing you get that ha- it's called, I think it's called mochi ice cream. Yeah. It's got the mochi flour exterior and a ice cream ball right. inside. So that's what I think of when I think of mochi. And some people usually uh, associated with Japanese uh, f- culture. Oh, and also, I want to say good job because we have, my daughter Summer loves mochi and we have tried to make it at home and it was an absolute fail. Like total textural, I can't even describe the disaster that went down in my kitchen that day. Yeah, I think mochi takes a lot of work to make. It's usually served in a ball or a bun Mm -hmm. form and Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's filled with ice cream, and sometimes it's just the mochi. But there is a, a complete art, and I'm not surprised that you had a hard time because there are mochi masters in Japan who just spend their entire life learning how to make the mochi. Okay, this, that makes me feel a little better. This is the shortcut to mochi. You get some, awesome. You get some of the mochiness to it, but it is not quite as chewy as the mochi that surrounds the ice cream that we might all be familiar with. So, okay. you know, what makes mochi mochi is that it's made from glutinous rice. 
So there's rice flour, right? I use rice flour in bread baking all the time because of of my celiac. And but can I ask you? Yeah, because glutinous is the is rice gluten different than wheat gluten? We think of gluten as a terrible, terrible thing. Us, no, we don't. A <laughs> celiacs, and we're always trying to find a substitute for it. Glutinous rice does not contain the gluten that is so. You're to not wheat. allergic to re- right. to rice gluten. Right. Okay. Then maybe there should be a different word for gluten-free. It should, it should be, like be, yeah. Wheat-free or wheat gluten. I and, don't know. And on the box of Mochico rice flour, it says gluten-free. So you're 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 pretty it's good. It's gluten-free glutinous rice. Right. Exactly. So rice flour is made from uh, long grain rice, and glutinous rice comes from both long and short grain glutinous sticky rice or sweet rice i think it would be better just to to call it sweet rice so let me ask you this why are we talking about china because i think mochi is from japan well listen the process of steaming the glutinous rice and making it into a paste has its origins in china and was introduced to japan from Southeast Asia sometime after rice cultivation was introduced to Japan. Okay. Um, so we're talking... This is a, old. A food that is like 14,000 to 300 oh, B.C. This that's got to be the oldest cookie we've ever made. So far, yeah. Exactly. So now let's let's think about this cookie. While we eat it? Yeah, it was made it was made in a pan. It's a pan cookie. You take all the ingredients, you mix what them. What do you mean, yeah? Are we going to eat it? Well, for, for, I want to give you a little setup. Okay. You take all the ingredients, mix them together, and you can see this where, Jill? On the TikTok. On the cookie underscore lab TikTok. And there's a there's a link in our show notes. And then you just bake it like a bar cookie. Well, that sounds easy. And yeah, it's super, super easy. And then you let it cool. And then you take confectioner sugar and a fruit puree. Now, my recipe called for passion fruit. Like fruit fruit. puree like you feed to babies? Exactly. Same thing. Instead of using baby food, what I did was I took a kiwi. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just used my immersion blender, mm-hmm. and I just mashed that kiwi up into a puree. Added nothing and to I it. And I assume you peeled the brown fur off of the kiwi? Sure, I did, yeah. Mashed it up, okay. Yeah. And then I mixed it with the confectioner sugar and made a glaze. I divided the glaze into three different containers, added a little bit of food coloring to it in different differing amounts, and I spread it on and made that beautiful rainbow-like glaze. And now... As usual, it's a work of art. Let's see if it's a work of yum. Yes, a work of yum. Here we go. Ready? Bite away. Yes. It's moist. I picked it up and it's like dense and moist. Wow, that's different. Unlike any other dessert I've ever eaten. The, the um, texture, I think you did a brilliant job with. It's got that... Spongy, rebound, dense, yeah, chewy, mochi, chewy, mochi-like flavor. And the yummy glaze, the mm-hmm. kiwi glaze, 
And you can use kiwis or passion fruit or strawberries or bananas. And you can add whatever. I love that little fruit flavor in that glaze. And you can taste the rice mochi also. Oh, for sure. It's unlike anything we've made on Cookie Lab so far. So if you're looking for a dessert that is beautiful mm. and sweet and you want to... Sounds like an Ed Sheeran song. Blow, <laughs> blow the minds of your friends who are going to taste it. This is definitely the cookie for you. But it sounds like maybe not so difficult that you have to completely wreck your day trying to impress your friends. Like, you know. No, no. It seems to have worked out with, without too much difficulty. Yeah, it was It was really straightforward. Uh, there was a little bit of creaming of, of butter and sugar. And then the only different thing that you did with this was you used a lot of butter, six tablespoons of butter, but... It's so nice and moist. You melt the butter. This was the first cookie recipe that I, I've made where you actually use melted butter. Interesting. In the recipe. And it rose so beautifully for this non this gluten-free, glutinous flour. <laughs> I'm learning so much on Cookie Lab this week, Chris. Well, it's time for a little bit more science. I can never get enough of that. I said that I used powdered sugar. Have you ever wondered about powdered sugar itself and why you I've can not. Take I've just enjoyed consuming it. A mountain of powdered sugar and add like a, a eyedropper <laughs> of water and it becomes this beautiful icing. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that happen? It's magic. I'm guessing it's so finely processed that it has... So much surface area that... Oh, my gosh! Did you... Any molecule of moisture is going to, you know, get just completely absorbed. You are such a fantastic cookie laboratory scientist. Chris, would you say that I'm a smart cookie? <laughs> well, I probably wouldn't have, but you would. Because it's corny? <laughs> uh, as we have said before, I think in our Ted Lasso Biscuit episode... Powdered sugar is the same as regular granulated sugar. It's just milled so that the sugar crystals are very, very, very small particle size. Super, super fine. Ten yeah. times finer than granulated right. sugar. So in sugar, as we all know, we've, we've done this. Uh, you did this probably this morning with your tea. It dissolves very well in water. Yeah, especially hot, right? Especially hot water. Especially hot water. At Not room, so much in your iced coffee. At room temperature, you can dissolve about twice the weight of sugar in water. Right? Oh, wow. So, so you can take 200 grams of sugar and dissolve it in 100. Are you trying to kill me? That would be much too sweet. 100 grams of water. But when it dissolves, this is this is the science part. The tiny I'm listening. The tiny sugar crystals break down into individual molecules. But because it's not a chemical reaction, we're just breaking them down. Breaking the bonds. Which are a lot smaller than the original crystals. And then the water just surrounds yeah. these, each crystal. I can picture it. And that's called dissolving. And you get to a point where each sugar molecule is surrounded by water molecules. And then once that happens, the water molecules can't surround a new molecule anymore. So when when every water molecules, every it's sugar molecule to is, a sugar crystal, right, uh, any extra sugar will no longer dissolve. Instead, the crystals will remain intact, and they sink down to the bottom of your of your teacup, or okay. 
All right. So the powdered sugar crystals are so small mm-hmm. that it takes very few water molecules to surround okay, so it. Okay, that's, so Compa- that's why you only need a teeny amount of evaporated milk or water or whatever you're using for your glaze. Exactly. To, yeah. To dissolve. Yeah, so I made the mistake making icing for cookies where I put put in some evaporated milk or condensed milk, I forget what, into a bowl and then tried to add the powdered sugar after and I ended up needing like eight pounds of powdered sugar to oh, yeah. absorb. So really, folks, I think what you want to do is put your dry ingredients in first on this one. Right. In this recipe, I used 219 grams of confectioner sugar. So specific. Not 220. No. No. And two tablespoons of kiwi puree. And still, it has a, it packs a, a flavor, a delicious fruit flavor. Yes. Oh, yeah. A delicious fruit flavor. And it, it was a very beautiful, work, workable icing. And if you need to, if you want your icing a little thinner or, you know, you can add, you can add a little bit more, you know, just no, I think to, what you did was just right. Where, it's where it a is. lovely, a lovely balance. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, some people like different things. So uh, it's not, that is not a, a, a precise science. It's more Yeah, sometimes of baking is very prescribed and you can't fool with it. So I'm glad you let people know that they could experiment a little bit with that. Yeah. So there we are. That is the history and the science, a little bit of science, of the butter mochi kiwi bar cookie. Great job, Chris. Thank you. And I enjoy eating that cookie and drinking my coffee out of my Cookie Lab mug. That is Which a... you can get on bigcartel.cookielab.com. Yep. And we have that link down in our show notes. And the link to our TikTok page is down in the show notes. And sounds like the show notes are the place to be. Yep. And while you're down there, you might be looking forward to our next episode that oh? is, is going to be a mystery cookie because March well, is the month of mystery. Okay. You're going to have to tune in next week. On Cookie Lab. On Cookie Lab. And until then. Keep your paws off my cookies. Jill, keep your paws off my cookies. See you next week. Peace out. It's Cookie Lab.